I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is unlike any other interview I've had. You are going to experience a journey unlike any of you have even heard of before on the show. When I learned of my guest today, I was in awe. It was a story I had to share with you and one I know you will want to share with others. You all know how I am about living in the moment and embracing life's precious memories and experiences. And we all know we are born to live here on this earth and experience life. And then we all know we are going to die one day. That is just how life goes. For some of us, death scares us. And for others, they are at peace with death, knowing there is heaven and we will be with God and surrounded by love. Well, today's guest, Ellen Wheelton, will shed her light on what it is like on the other side and explain her miraculous near-death experience. I don't want to give away her story, but let me give you a little background on her before we get started. Ellen Wheelton is a transpersonal and music therapist, healer, workshop presenter, and educator who uses numerous modalities such as music, sound bowls, essential oils, meditation, and so much more. Her passion for healing was born out of her near-death experience when she was 12 years old. Ellen has presented at major universities, retreats, medical facilities, conferences, and therapy centers, and is also an esteemed instructor for Music Therapy Ed, where she instructs an online course about music-assisted imagery. She also hosts a spiritual series on Awake TV. Ellen's goal is to help people use music and imagery as a tool to connect with something greater— Recognize our untapped potential and discover how to lead an inspired, content, and harmonious life. Having said those beautiful things about Ellen isn't even a drop of what she is about to share with us. So without further ado, please welcome Ellen Wheelton to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, thank you. What a gift and what a gift it has been to be learning about you, learning about this experience that you're going to share. And when I heard of you through our mutual friend and she was explaining to me your experience and what your mission is in life and your purpose and that you found your purpose through your experience that you're going to share, it was like, oh my gosh, I have to have some Ellen in my life, first of all, and that you live in San Diego and I'm going to be your friend. And it's just, you're just beautiful. You're this white light. You're an angel. You have been put on this earth for sure to do what you're doing. And that, you know, when people say, you know, you find your purpose in life and, you know, you just don't, some people struggle with that. And when you find someone that found their purpose and is living it 
and it's almost expanding every day because when you f- know your purpose and you are open to it and you all, you know, you all, you see all the opportunities that are leading to the next and the next and the next. Anyway, that's how I see you. Oh, I would love for you to start with your life. I mean, that's really where it goes at the beginning, where where you start to remember, right? It starts at the beginning. Yes. And when you remember, we all have these opportunities where we can remember that connection to source, that inner God-like energy that we have within us. And for me, it started as a child. I was very fortunate to be I guess, kind of gifted with a near-death experience. You know, it came with a lot of recovery and it came with a lot of major learning and personal development and spiritual development. However, it gave me the insight to be able to share why we're here according to my experience. And so that's what I'm going to be sharing first. As people listen to this, maybe they will connect to a message that I have or that I received, and hopefully it will help them on their path. Yes. Oh, I love it. It gives me goosebumps every time, and I've heard it a few times. (laughs) Well, it all started when I was 12. I used to ride horses. I would ride English lessons, and this was my first Western lesson. And I don't remember much about before that, but I know that I knew it was coming. I Mm. know that I had some kind of premonition that something was going to happen. And the teacher apparently put the saddle on the horse and didn't tighten the cinch. And because of that, the cinch slipped as I was riding. They said I was the last one to go around the corral. So, I mean, what are the odds? The cinch slipped and I was holding on underneath the horse. The horse stepped on my stomach and then reared up and kicked me in the temple as I fell off. And it was there that I was taken to a local hospital in Hillsborough, Texas, and then was a day later taken to Waco in in Dallas, where they could have a more dedicated team to my care. My parents were told, okay, she's very deeply within this coma. Um, Why don't you start to play music at her bedside or play things and not music, but movies to try and stimulate her mind. And so for a week they were doing that. And it was then that I think, I know that I experienced something really magical and amazing and a gift to me in that I was taken to another place. So I know I've told you this one before and you've heard it, but I'll go through it again. I found myself on this wooden raft of sorts. It was a pink cloud kind of underneath me. And in front of me was Jesus. And he was in very basic robes and very loving and, oh, just loving, beautiful energy that he just emanated. And there was a man to my left, kind of more felt like a protective energy, just a grounded protection I didn't know who he was. I didn't recognize him the same way I recognized Jesus. He was thin and bald with long brown robes that went down to his feet. And I remember just feeling at peace and comfortable in that place. And they didn't communicate with me then, but they did afterwards. So it was from that place that I was taken to a place of light. And that's what I call heaven. I know that others call it different things, but it was heaven-like to me. And I saw colors. I saw. I actually saw some colorful trees. They were different colors than the trees we see here, hmm. kind of off in the distance at first. When I first arrived there, there was some semblance of more than just light. Um, there was beautiful music that I'd never heard before that was just ethereal. And it just permeates every cell, right? And then there was color. And then very soon after that, it felt like it just went to this experience of light and love. 
and the love was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And I describe it this way because it's the only way that I can describe it. And since describing it in this manner, I've actually in the last week met someone else who had the same experience. And I've not met anyone like this who described it the same way, but it was almost like this warm, loving, compassionate blanket Mm -hmm. just around the edges of what would have been my body. If I had had a body in that place, I could feel the separation, but the warmth starting to seep in and connect with me. And at some point I just became that love. I just completely melted into it. And there was no difference between me and the love. And I recognized and I remembered, like you said, that we are love and that we are light and that we hold this capacity. I know this now we can tap into that anytime. Mm -hmm. It's just, we forget in our human form. So being in this love and this light was the most beautiful experience I've ever had, the most memorable thing I've ever experienced. Even now, it's more vivid than a memory that I had yesterday or today. And I was taken from that. I was moved from that experience very lovingly back onto the raft. And it was there that I was given a choice and I was given so much information. The information that I received there was enough for me to have that 12 series you know, show on the Awake TV network because it was more than one can bring in in a lifetime. But it's stuff that we all know, that we already know. And the one of the things was that what we worry about on earth um, in our minds doesn't matter. You know, we think about all of these things like work and money and career. We're not meant to worry about that. We're meant to have everything that we've ever wanted. We are meant to create what we want and to bring light to the world and to help others. And it really is about purpose because we all have a divine purpose and it's about connection. It's about love. It's about people. And I say connection because it's the closest word I can find to describe that we are here for each other, Mm -hmm. that whatever our purpose is, if it's helping one other person, it's fulfilling our divine purpose. And I remember seeing the lives of my family and how they would play out. And that was an interesting part of this. I was given information that if I chose to stay in heaven, there was no wrong answer. I could choose whatever I wanted to choose. My family wouldn't live out their purpose. I did see that about my dad, Hmm. but it wasn't a judgment thing. They didn't say, you know, Jesus was communicating through his mind. It wasn't like, I was going to hurt somebody. It was just that he wouldn't live out his purpose and that's okay. He would have another opportunity. And then I was given, there was so much more. I was given, but I was given a choice and I could stay or I could come back. And I remember wanting to stay because of the feeling and the connection and the love. But I chose to to come back. Hmm. I want to come back. I, I said, I want to use music for healing. This is what I communicated. And then I fell to my knees in gratitude. I, in front of Jesus, almost, I, I didn't literally fall to my knees, but I could see myself filling with gratitude. And if you've ever been in a space where you can sit in gratitude, you are actually in a space of the most powerful, loving connection you will ever have. Mm -hmm. Because when you open your heart to gratitude, there's no room for doubt. There's no room for fear. There's no room for hatred. It is all love. It is our gift. And so my heart just 
expanded and opened up and was full of gratitude. It encompassed me. And I promised that I would give thanks every night that I went to sleep every night, I would give thanks that I could be here and I could live because living was a gift. And I knew that Hmm. I knew that it was a gift. And I do that every day, every day, a practice of gratitude is, is what I do. And I feel it still. And I cry sometimes because I'm so thankful that I get to be here and I get to do what I do. It's just a gift. So then I opened my, um, I moved into darkness, but it was this loving womb-like darkness, as you know. I heard them, I saw a musical staff in the distance with a different note on each line. It was like I was watching the music move, but I couldn't hear it. Hmm. And then it got very big, went away, and then I heard the music in the background, in the very, very far distance, like a prick of light. And I focused so hard on it and drew it to me and drew it to me until it was louder and louder and louder in my mind. Hmm. And then I opened my eyes, the music stopped, and I was in the ICU looking at the corner of the bed for the person with, you know, the the curtain next to me. And the credits of a Disney movie were playing, and the Disney movie was 90% classical music. And I know, I know it was the music that woke me up. And I knew it was validation that I'm meant to be here somehow to bring music and to connect people to music, their own music, and use music for healing. And that's what I did. I went to school for music therapy, got a master's in counseling. And then the work that I do is 100% to take people to that place. How can I just be a bridge for someone to reach their own connection with their higher self, with their God presence? And it's such a personal journey for you, for everyone else. Mm-hmm. I can't say that my journey is the same as everyone else's, but I can be there and I can potentially bring through that ability to connect to it. And so that's what I do. Oh, that's amazing. You know, going back to the, when you opened your eyes and you're 12 years old, mm-hmm. you know, I have an 11 year old and I'm thinking, I'm, just as a parent, knowing what your parents were going through, I just mm-hmm. can't even imagine and won't, don't want to. Nope to do whatever you could to play the music. But as a 12-year-old waking up to that, explain to me how, since you don't remember your childhood up until that point, what do you do from 12 until you go to college? What is your life like? Because you have all these insights of what life is like and what, you know, having that experience has changed you of who the person that you are and the person you never knew you were before, right? So that's really truly who you are. Yeah. So for me, it was just being thankful. I mean, my mom actually was one who helped me move more deeply into gratitude on a practical basis. So, you know, it was kind of this fake it or make it mentality. I didn't have the memories and, but I couldn't get sad about it. I wouldn't get sad about it. I knew that I was here for a reason and it was a gift to live. Mm -hmm. So I just would say, it's almost as if my life started then. It really is. And I threw myself into music and playing music. Ironically, my mom was a piano teacher for a while. So I took piano as a child. I had started to learn to play the flute right before the accident. And I remembered it well enough. And I kind of made up some things I didn't know. And I, be, I threw myself into music and became a very accomplished musician. 
through allowing that to channel me, you know, channel my emotions. And, you know, I wouldn't know who people were, even family members, but I would know that I loved them and I would know that they were good. And so that is how I would connect. And I think relying on my family was how I made it through because there were a lot of things I didn't understand and I just had to pretend, you know, I just had to pretend and be grateful. And over time, I knew to live life to the fullest, you know, to make the most of each moment. Every moment is a gift and to be grateful. And over time, I developed the skills to kind of be able to relate to people in a way where they didn't know there was anything wrong or that I'd had a head injury and was really able to dive in when I went to Naropa. So that's a Buddhist university, went for grad school. I majored in performance in undergrad or in general music and then went to grad school. And I was immersed in a culture of deep meditation, deep counseling and spiritual work because it's a spiritual counseling degree. And every day I would go in and do an hour of meditation. And that's when things really came home for me. Hmm. I saw a picture of Buddha on the wall, a depiction of him as a young, bald man. And that's when I recognized that he was on the raft with me. And this whole idea of religion is difficult for people because people may say, that's not what I was brought up to believe. That's not that's not the framework in which I see it. Why would Buddha have been there? And I have heard that many times. And what I say to them is that when you are in that place of love, there is no judgment. There is no, there's nothing but love and acceptance. Mm -hmm. There's no one way, you know, and it's hard to explain, you know, but when people get into that and they say, well, I see it one way and I've been taught this and I say, Yes, and that's a great way to connect. And if that's how you connect with source, I honor that and that's you. And if we're to judge other people, we're taking ourselves out of love. Mm -hmm. And it's really about being in love every day and presently showing up for people. Right. And that was a big lesson for me, you know. And I still was Christian. I still went to church and shared my near-death experience very guardedly because people would judge it, you know, but and because you were I Christian. Chose- yeah. Sorry. But when you, because you recognize Jesus, like yeah. you, would you have recognized him if you hadn't studied him or learned about him? He, he would have just been a man standing there. A man representing love, acceptance and absolute, absolute connection to source. I think that, you know, it's possible that we come through with what we know and recognize in our transition to that place of light and love, it's possible. Mm -hmm. And I've seen him since he's come to me again. And I can, I can pray and connect to source anywhere. We all can. And that's a big message that we put limitations on ourselves, like that we can't access God or we can't access source divine love. When in reality, we were made in likeness of source. We have that. We hold that. And to access it, we can access it anytime. There are no rules. It's there always for us. Unconditional love. You know, we're meant to be abundant. We're meant to have what we want. We're meant to create what we want. And when we do, we can really bring our gifts and purpose to the world. Totally. When you went to that college in Boulder, Colorado, and you picked that one, 
is it all, did it all lead up to, you know, really learning a spiritual journey? Cause the music thing kind of came, I mean, not knowing anything at 12, waking up and having no memory. And then all of a sudden having that last vision of this music that you had in your mind and that like what perpetuated you or whatever you call it into like this music and spiritual world as a teenager. Like, and then you're like, are you sharing it with friends? I mean, I think of me because I'm dealing, I have my two girls that are teenagers or just about Mm -hmm. and living that life with, you know, now you're kind of on this new journey. How does that, how do you pick that college and then start to really get into meditating? Are you feeling like you're on this path and you're just following the breadcrumbs? Yes. And what's interesting is when you really surrender to source, when you truly like ask to be led in a specific way, source will answer, like God will answer and provide. And even for those who've been through very difficult times and you look back now, you can recognize that it was for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that there aren't sad and tragic things that happen. That's not what I mean, but there's always a way to find a seed of hope or purpose or strength within that, even in the worst situations. And so for me, because I so truly connected to that and believed and surrendered to my purpose, I just have come to learn that it opens up for me. So when I chose Naropa, it wasn't for the spiritual aspect of the university. It was because they had a dual master's in counseling and music therapy. It was very practical. It was my parents were saying, if you're going to do music therapy, you need another degree as well. And so I had two schools in mind for that. And, you know, but again, my dad was kind of a driving force. He's very connected. And we, when we follow that voice within it, we take inspired action that leads us closer to our purpose and our path. So for me, that one thing that I do every day, and I use the Young Living Oils because they're so high frequency, is I ask, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? I put them on my feet. I put them on my heart, on my wrist, and the top of my head. And even more now that I ask those questions and I truly surrender and believe and trust, now I have even more opportunities and more things like this and, you know, Working with Jack has been amazing, Jack Canfield. And I was invited to be on Dr. Oz back in September. And it didn't end up working out at the time. And there was so much going on. But just these opportunities are coming forth that I believe are because I'm surrendering more and more. So the more that we can do that, as you know, in our human lives, the more the pathway will open up. So I just have to say, I think it is direct. We are directed and guided constantly. Right. Well, you know, so light that. beings, yes. the light beings came back, back with me as well. You know, mm. some call them angels and they show themselves in formation to me. And that's part of my gift too. It, it comes up when I'm in session with the crystal balls and the music and guiding people in workshops. They will just show up and they'll be either around people or next to people. Or last week when I was in Utah doing a retreat for people, I saw them leaning over each participant over their heart and just Hmm. sending love directly into the hearts of all the participants. And I've never seen that before. That's the new one that they were actually placing hands on, on people. It was the most beautiful session I think I've ever experienced. But when you, when you use those, 
when you choose those crystal bowls and you do that whole sound frequency, what draws you to that? Like what, and you're doing that in healing people. Is that what you're doing yeah. when you saw the angels? Oh, yes. The angels have come in even before the bowls. So originally, when I went to school for music therapy, I was taught this method called the Bonnie method of guided imagery and music. It's a deeply altered state experience. It's not quite hypnosis, but it's where you move in to connect to your higher self and receive messages from your higher self. Sometimes people have loved ones come past that have come through when they're with me, angels, um, ancestors. And that's the closest when I experienced that was the closest I've ever been to heaven on earth. Hmm. So when I recognized, okay, this takes me to that place that I know that I remember, I'm going to incorporate that into my practice. And then for the first time, when I experienced the bowls, I was in this chapel and this man was doing the bowls. We were all meditating and he started singing songs. And I saw this picture of a native American medicine man in front of me and recognized that I was connected on some level to the medicine man. And the man who was leading the meditation started chanting native American music right then. And I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting. And then he started moving on and singing another song. And in a strange, amazing twist of fate, the woman who was next to me, her brother had passed just a month before. I think Mm -hmm. he was her twin. And the song he sang was the song that reminded her of her brother And she felt very guidely guided and held. And so I decided to bring the bowls into my practice at that point. Huh. So um, they are, they're made of quartz crystal, which can help to amplify a spiritual gift. And so I think that they help people. But for me, I brought them in because people need a bridge between the waking world and connecting to their higher self. And the mm-hmm. bowls provide a very visceral experience, a somatic experience on their body where they can move into the body and the breath and move more deeply into a state of different awareness. That's why I bring them in. But I I bring in the angels with the music. Okay. They come to me through the music most of the time. So as a mom of three children, when you decided to be a mom, because that always fascinates me, when you got married and you had your husband, I mean, you had to have had some connection. He has to see that you are on this different plane. So are you like-minded in that way? And then, So my ex-husband is who I had my three children with. And I believe that our connection was meant to bring these amazing beings into the world. And I remember having dreams about... Avery, my oldest, before she was born, being told her name, being told what would happen and seeing them before they were born and knowing that they have great purpose as well. And they really do. My ex, did. I didn't share my spiritual gifts with him. I actually hid them because he didn't believe in that stuff. Oh, wow. So for years, I didn't. And when I speak about how now things are opening up, since our split, which was a surprise to me, actually, but it was very divinely led. I was devastated and surprised by it all. But it was when I came back from a near-death experience conference where I went to share Young Living Oil so I could explain how to use them spiritually. Someone stopped me and she said, you should write a letter to your husband. He will never understand what you do. 
but you need to write all the reasons why you love him. So I did. And the next day, as soon as I signed my name to that letter, he asked to talk to me and he said he wanted a separation. I chose Hmm. a divorce because he wasn't willing to work on it and wasn't in love anymore. And it was a very difficult time in my life. However, the moment that happened, I received so many blessings from people who didn't even know. It was like source was conspiring to support me. And I had a meditation where that night I received light as if I was in heaven again. And I was told you don't need to be loved by one person to know that you are greatly loved. And, (sighs) and then I received a call every hour the next day of people just checking in on me who didn't even know. And then, you know, it's been a while since then, but so many opportunities have been coming through from source and I've been more connected to my spiritual path and I've been living it out loud and being my authentic self. And for the first time now, I feel I am whole. Hmm. And that's when I manifested great love. I manifested an amazing spiritual sacred partnership that not only understands on that level what I do, but he celebrates me and encourages me to show my children my gifts because I hid them. You did? You know? huh. I did. I, I did. I hid them. They didn't even know. You know, there was one day I was having a particularly hard day a few months ago with them. And he said, they don't know how magical you are. They don't see. Why don't you do a bowl circle with them and do music and imagery and tell them your story. Tell them your near-death experience again. And, and it was beautiful. You know, I was like, we did the oils, like these candles and it was, they shared their experience and received messages as well. And I think they needed that not only to connect with me, but because they're going through a hard time too. Divorce is difficult on everyone. Right. And they, they really needed that grounding experience. So, so yes. So it's very amazing how if you just stay with things as they happen in life and let them unfold and just surrender that it is for the greater good that you are well taken care of and things will come to you that you didn't think were even possible. Right. Oh, <laughs> like a love that. that I didn't think was possible. Oh, oh yeah. see, you needed to open, be open to that and yeah. like almost close the door and then see the magic that comes there. You, there you go. There's the magic. Uncover your magic. But going back to raising your daughters and son, two girls and one boy, right? Two girls and one boy, yes. Okay, so they're unaware of your gifts. And you. how do you, like as a parent, you know, I'm always about teaching them all this stuff, like fear, you know, get through the fear. I know that's going to come up. You know, all the stuff they go through now with social media and all that little, you know, the judgy stuff and, you know, being perfect. And have, I have two girls, so it's like a, a lot of that. But how do you, as a parent, knowing what you know, what are the most valuable tools that you use as a mom that you've done to raise them and that you really feel are important? Knowing what you know, like this, you have so much. Well, you know, it's so interesting because when they become teenagers, they become so resistant to the messages. But I still have a nine-year-old that's open and I still try to put those messages out there that you can create what you want. And if you choose love over fear, you will always come out ahead every single time. When you're making a decision in your life, 
if it's a decision made out of fear, rethink it. If you're making it because you're afraid. But if it's a decision from love, made from love, then take it, right? right? So there's that. And then the power of the mind, you know, the, it's so easy for children to believe what they think and to believe that, you know, that they're right and that they, that they understand things. And it's just a thought. So teaching them early that there's a difference between thoughts and reality right. and that our thoughts create our reality. So that was a big part of the message mm-hmm. that if we focus on fear-based thoughts, if we focus on and we allow ourselves to think in these negative ways, that's what we will experience. Right. But if we have a practice where we can meditate and then release the thoughts like butterflies from our head or breathe in oil and release it, you know, engaging the limbic brain. Now that's really important. And then I've been giving them oils to use for the past five years, ever since I've been doing this. So I've been putting oils on my kids and teaching them how to use oils for limbic support for five years now. And it helps them to be advocates for themselves and also recognize their emotions. So if anything, that small practice and bringing them back to the breath, because the breath is our most grounding tool that we have. Mm-hmm. That's another tool that I use for my kids. And the breath. Tell me, because I know I've learned a lot of breath work. When you're teaching your kids that, what are you doing? Are you sitting in a circle? So, you know, when they were younger, sometimes we'd sit in a circle. Sometimes we would meditate. But I actually drop it an oil in the palm of their hands uh, that's connected to, you know, whatever I want them to experience, like stress away or grounding, or there's one called peace and calming. If I want, you know, more spiritual connection or higher frequencies or to kind of get them in a good mood, I will use, well, for the high, better mood, I'll use citrus oils or, and then just ask them to cup their hands over their nose and breathe in for six deep breaths. Hmm. And sometimes that will be enough to reset things and we can start again or, you know, move into a different state of awareness or into present moment a little bit better. You know, I feel like all kids are, you know, and highly intuitive, right? They're all this, they've come, you know, they've just been somewhere, right? And then all of a sudden they're in our arms and you just like, gosh, where have you been? You know, this soul has been somewhere because we're all these souls and living in these bodies, these little bodies that our souls are so much bigger. How do you, with what you know, how do you, do you try to bring that intuitiveness out of them? Are you teaching them that kind of thinking? You know, from a young age, we, we would engage conversations, like they'd be taking a bath and they would say, well, my son said, do you remember when I was your dad and I took care of you? <laughs> oh, like, wow. Really cool. And my youngest, um, about the same age, said about two or three, said, remember when I was bitten on the stomach by a snake and I died in the desert? Like, oh. wow. No, I don't remember that. And there was nothing that would have given her that thought either. Not She's not watched anything. So we've always been open towards that and then used guided imagery to help them sleep sometimes when they get in that fear state at night, you know, to imagine a safe animal there to protect them, you know, and shift their thoughts from bad to good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question, but from a young age, we've used that kind of tools and I, I'll enter that conversation when they ask questions. My son is really good about asking me things. 
you know, what was it like on the other side? When you died, did this happen? Or when you went to heaven, did this happen? So I think just keeping the conversation open and not taboo is really important because they may go through a phase where they move away from thinking a certain way and move back to it, but it's good to have those seeds planted. Right, for sure. You know, I'm all about conscious parenting and really trying to, you know, thinking it goes by so fast and, you know, planting these little seeds of wisdom and that will help them along the way. And, you know, I always, we practice gratitude and I know we talked about that a little bit, but will you expand? Cause I love your, your take on gratitude because I feel like what you felt when you were on the other side and that feeling that just overflows in your body, I can get to that place here. I mean, not that place, but you know, if I really focus on gratitude and I really, um, I mean, it just, I'm, I, I feel like I'm on a drug, right? I'm like I'm singing yeah. songs. The girls are like, oh my gosh, mom's crazy. <laughs> I, I can get to that where you're lifted, you know? And, and then I just believe so highly when you are lifted like that in such gratitude that your whole, oh, everything's open, you know, and then everything's coming and you're aware. That's why I always tell the girls, you know, that's when the magic happens. That's yeah. when you see the magic. But I love your take on gratitude. Can you share that? Yes. So to help my kids get into gratitude, actually been trying to do more with that lately because I see the value of it more and more in manifesting what we want to create and co-create. So one thing that has been good is I've gotten them into a gratitude journal and there's an oil called gratitude. So you can Mm -hmm. use it with that. And it just asks them leading questions. You know, what are you grateful for today? What is happening today in your life that you can be thankful for? And it's just a little practice they can start to adopt. And day-to-day life, you know, it's a little different. It's more through being patient as a parent and continually reminding, let's be grateful for what we have and give back, you know, when we can. Mm -hmm. And then having kind of, you know, from a young age, having like a family, like a saying, we're grateful for what we have. We're kind to each other. And then one thing that my boyfriend found that I really like for the house, it does talk about this, you know, concept of gratitude. And it's on like a little thing on the wall. We love each other. We take care of each other. We take care of our stuff, you know, that kind of thing. So I think however you can do it, children learn many different ways, visually, auditorily, right? Viscerally. So if you have a child that learns through hearing, then you can even sit and do a gratitude meditation and like on your way to school or in the morning, have it going in the background. And if they learn by seeing things, you can put things on the wall and allow them to be part of that or give them a book. So I think those are a few things you could do. Yeah, I love, well, we do gratitudes in the morning gratitude journals were in the car on the way to school when we were all going to school together. And the I am statements are important. I I like just to lift, you know, to see, I mean, it's always, you can have beer, do anything, right? And we're more powerful than we even believe or do. And to step on that other side of the fear and teach them how to you know, kick the door down when you're really scared, just do it anyway, and then see the magic that comes because you've done that. And it's like God saying, it's all there. You can have it all, you know, this is what you want. This is what you can have. But when you think of 
life and you go through all your little morning rituals and all that and you're you know you have your your Mm -hmm. kids and they're now they're homeschooled or two are right or yeah two of them are online what do you you know if they go through something hard or like I've been dealing with a little bit of drama with one yeah you say everything's always happening you know there's no act I know there's no accidents how do you handle you know, like everyday life and things that come up, even with you, like going through a divorce and having that, I mean, that's a traumatic experience, but to looking at it as a, you know, everything's working for me, not to me. Mm -hmm. And to really have that, the way of looking at life and that outlook is such Mm -hmm. a more empowering way to think and to live. But how do you give me your take on that? Well, one thing that we learned through the school where my youngest, well, they all went to school at a Montessori school in, in Encinitas called Village Gate. And one thing that they do there is this acknowledgement circle. And the acknowledgement circle, it happens once a year on the children's birthday, where the whole class goes around and talks about the thing, one thing that they love about the child that's in the center of the circle. And we decided, the kids and I decided that when we said goodbye to the other house and I was moving into a new house with them and their dad was going to stay at the old house and they'd be there half the time, that we needed a closing ritual to acknowledge that this was difficult and sad. And, it, and I cried and they cried because we knew it was the end of a life that we knew. Mm-hmm. And it's the end of a chapter, right? And it's hard. It's hard for them. It's hard for me. And seeing a new way of being is difficult sometimes, even though it's the most powerful experience we can have for growth. Right. So we sat around and did an acknowledgement circle. The, the furniture had been taken out. My furniture had been taken out. The house was half empty. And we sat in a circle and I even brought in, their dad came in as well. He asked to be part of it. And I talked about how this is what this house gave us. Like I saw you guys grow in this house and become who you are now. And from a young age, I could see Avery that, you know, you were interested in magical, mystery, wonderful fairy things. And you would talk about that and how, when you slept, you would leave your body and become a fairy. You know, she had great imagination and Mm. started to write. And then I talked about how my son would jump off the banister onto the couch. And I could see very early on, he was going to be really into parkour. And now look at him. He does trampoline and he does parkour and Avery writes so beautifully. And then Aria said, you started art in this house. You know, there were some times when you drew on the walls when you weren't supposed to, but mm-hmm. you were creative and you created things. And now look at you, you love art, you love horses. And, you know, this is where you've come. And so each of the children got to go around and say what they were thankful for, even though it was a very difficult time. And, you know, I want to build more of that into day-to-day life. And I'm always looking for ways, but that was a big one for, especially for difficult times. Acknowledge what the difficult time has brought to you and how you're different now as opposed to before it happened. Right. Right. For sure. What, what is your, um, like in your life, do you see yourself doing? Like, do you have this big dream that you have um, mm-hmm. that you've placed on your dream board or <laughs> that I see behind you? Um, but yes. what has, what is like, it makes you excited for the next chapter oh. in your life? What is the next season for well, Ellen? I'm super passionate about the oils in that part of my business. I run a team of hundreds of 
like-minded, you know, spiritual people and we grow together and we learn together and we have circles together and share our gifts. And that is one thing I'm super proud of and thankful for because now it's a community. And I do believe that we're brought here for collaboration and we all have different gifts. So there's that. And then there's the spiritual side of my business. So workshops and interviews and, you know, more getting out there more on radio and TV and things like that has been a passion of mine now because I do believe and have confidence that there are messages that I experience that might be helpful to other people. So I'm really passionate about that and growing my spiritual coaching business. And I'm I'm super though passionate about working with others and collaborating and creating something new and different and unique and powerful that helps that other people step into their purpose. And the oils are an easy way for me to do that when I can't meet with people one-on-one because I can say, well, here's the oil to use. I have a group called Music Therapy and Essential Oils. It's for spiritually like-minded people and music therapists and healthcare practitioners where I go in and talk about that on Facebook. Like, here's how to use them. Here's what to do. And I do coaching. I just, I'm passionate about whatever I can do and I'm open to the universe to guide me there. So wherever it goes, I'm along for the ride and happy to give whatever I can. (laughs) So going back to the very beginning of the interview, when we were talking about being on that raft, are there anything that you learned there that you didn't share that I would love to hear, please? Well, so much. I mean, okay. Living in gratitude that we're here for a purpose that, you know, there was one thing, kind of a different, a very specific message that we've chosen to be here that we do have direction over who our family is and how we come in based on how much impact we could have on the world. And so there's that. So many things. I remember reflecting on them and writing them all down at once. They flood back to me sometimes. That there are many names for source. That it's all love by different name. Our connection to each other is very important. Kindness, even in the smallest way, every day is absolutely important that we create what we think about. So Mm -hmm. if we focus on negativity and we focus on fear and we focus on complaining, we will get more of it Mm -hmm. because the universe doesn't differentiate. It doesn't understand. It says, Oh, you're putting this out there. Oh, let me give it to you. Right. And the, I am that I am statement. The I am is huge. Because we hold that energy within, the more we can connect to our higher self and release to it and learn to give gratitude for it, the more we will be divinely guided and step into our path. And we don't need to know how we're going to get there. We just need to want the outcome. Like, what is the outcome? Where do you see yourself? I I I see myself. I love that. I see myself spiritual coaching, connected, being abundant in every way sharing through the oils, sharing through my story, sharing through music and sound and bringing in other elements and working with people. I see that. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it will. Oh, and to- that, totally that's will. the thing. Know that it will happen. <laughs> know it. Have the knowing and the why. I always say, don't worry about the how, just know yes. there's a strong why and you will get there and there's no yes. doubt, right? Mm-hmm. I yes. love that. Yes. And life should be fun and you know, and loving and all the beautiful things every day. You know, I always say to the girls, especially, you know, if you can give something and love and 
you know, give, you know, always be, have a giving heart. And, you know, you, in that little minds of those little girls, you know, growing up would always say, well, they don't give me anything or, you know, but to yeah. teach that, that gift, that's when you give, get the most. Like if I can give the world, you send you out into the universe and, you know, yeah. know what you're giving to my listeners that are listening. It's like, what a gift, you know, that just gives me such fulfillment. Yes. And the purpose. giver is the receiver. Right. The giver is the receiver. And we are constantly surrounded by love and light beings that are here to get, to help us reach whatever we want. We are so supported and don't always recognize it. We fall into the place of our thoughts and believe our thoughts right. rather than just surrendering and having faith that we are protected and held. Yeah. I was listening to you talk about your spirit animals in one yeah. of the, explain that. Cause I'm all about that. Cause I always see owls or the hummingbirds and I'm always, yeah. you know, there's always a meaning for that. Yeah. It's really interesting when the angels come around people, I usually see people in a circle, in a workshop. I really prefer, I do one-on-one sometimes, but I prefer the workshop. When they come in a circle around them, I know that they will call in animals and people will see them. I don't even have to. Yeah. Sometimes I'll see hawk come in or, or an eagle, but when people are in that state of connection, they almost always see some form of animal and the animal has a meaning. So I use the meaning as depicted by Stephen Farmer, who is a professor who dove into all the native American nations and the meaning of the animals. And there's a book called animal totem. And I use that guide every time I lead a session. There, anything that flies is closer to source. You know, if you see a snake, it's actually a transformation. There are different meanings that come through. And I just love diving into that. I love learning about it. And it's, it's a big part of my work. And, you know, I just want to talk about an experience that I had last week when the angels came over and, like, put their hands on each other's heart. There were so many animals in that session there was even animals with meaning I've never seen before, like the armadillo came through. But what's interesting in relation to the angels is that normally when I go around the circle and people talk about their intention, I'll pair it with an oil, first of all, because I'll say, okay, well, your intention is to connect with source. Let's do surrender or higher unity. And then I'll give them the oil, have them breathe it in with their intention, imagine the positive manifestation, and we'll move into more of the session. And usually when I do that, I will receive individual messages for people around the circle about what they're going to experience. But this time, the animals came through and the angels came in. When they came in and did their thing, everyone's eyes were closed. They were laying down and I went, because, so they heard it. I didn't realize. And then I just started crying because not only did I see them come through, but all of the messages for everyone in the circle came in all at one time. It wasn't mm. in, in normally it's one at a time, but I received all the information for all of them at one time. Wow. And that was such a unique and wonderful experience that it didn't stop me. I kept going. It didn't slow anything down. There was no time. It just boom, had it all. And at the end, I could have talked to each one of them for an hour about what I saw for them. Wow. But the animals they saw for themselves. So if I was the catalyst to bring the animals through for themselves. And that was beautiful. So if you want to look at that or people want to look into that, that's a good one. 
So when you talk about time, let's do that. And then I just, I know we're at the end of our time, but talk about time. Like, you know, there's no time, right? Explain that. It's really interesting because we live a very linear experience on earth, you know, one time after the other, but all we truly experience is the present moment. That is all there is. And so when we start confusing our experience with experiences in the past or worries about the future, that's when we get into those thoughts that can manifest what we don't want. Mm -hmm. So for me, I recognized that when I was on the other side, because I'm on the raft. I could have been there for five minutes. I could have been there for 5 million years, honestly. There was just so much information that came through. And so it's really important to, for us to recognize that we can call on our past self and heal those wounds by reaching out to our younger self, our little girl, and nurturing her. Or our future self can imagine if we brought in our future self to tell us, hey, listen, I know what you're going through right now is really hard but you're going to be okay and you have a great life on the other side of it. And imagine how powerful that would be. Mm-hmm. So when you recognize that the only moment to really connect with is the present moment, it does change your experience and it right. helps you to shed those things that aren't serving us. Right. And I think of present moment as the word gratitude for some reason that just comes. So that's when you can really, really take for granted, like that one moment is gratitude, right? Here we are. We have this life we're living in this one second. It's not the second before. It's not a second after. It's right now. How grateful could you be for that? And what can you give, right? Uh, Anyway, we're coming to the end. Miss Ellen, I've enjoyed it so much. And I'm so grateful that you live just a few minutes away from me so I can connect with you and do some of your healing. And oh, I would love to do all that stuff with you. And what, so you're on Facebook, you have a group. Mm-hmm. Tell us how we can find you. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Music Therapy and Essential Oils. I am on Facebook, Music Therapy and Essential Oils. You can ask to be added to the group. It is a support network that talks about the oils and spirituality. It is a wonderful group. We have a lot of webinars and practices in science and research as well. And I have wellness music therapy on the web, but that website's not very updated. And of course, you can find me on the Awake TV network, and then I'll be, you know, got this book coming out. So we've got some good things coming. What's the book? Uh, Well, it's just something I'm working on about my near-death experience. So when I get the title and everything, I'll give it to you. You can also find podcasts and, and previous interviews on Apple by looking for my name. Ellen Wilton, and you can reach me at wellnessmusictherapy at yahoo.com. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your amazing light that you give off in this world and your beauty and everything that I see coming through those beautiful eyes that you're here for this reason and that your purpose is so, so powerful and so beyond what, I mean, I can't even, you know, what you have to do on this planet right now is just amazing. And I'm so blessed to have met you and so grateful for Trina for introducing us and that we got to have this time together. Me too. And you just reflect what you see in me, what you are. So, you know, you are that as well. And it's been a joy to talk to you. I can see your light as well. We all have that light within us. We all have a great purpose. And I'm just happy to be sharing mine. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.